Johnny Grimes. It's all very well to suppose that the universe of the future will produce futuristic humans. Possibly the society of tomorrow will communicate via telepathy. Transportation will speed with light. And knowledge will be computerized. So all can tap in instantly. Today, in our tale of fantasy, the fact is that although man has overcome hunger, poverty, disease, and early death, what remains still is greed, jealousy, and even murder. What do you think of it, Sam? Terrific, Joe. You told me you had an idea for a new weapon, but this is unbelievable. Ten feet high, 25 feet across, looks like a giant horseshoe crab. Fifty tons. Pure titanium sheathing, moves in any direction, searches, captures, destroys. You think our military will buy it? They'd better, before somebody else does. Our mystery drama, Killer Crab, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by James Agate Jr. and stars Russell Horton. I shall return shortly with Act One. Are you ready to land on planet Vivian in the year 2500? Adjust your picture senses. They work like the old-fashioned imagination we humans have enjoyed for centuries. Seeing something without being there. Switch on your magnetic safety shields. Adjust your black contact lenses. And lean back into your padded body brace. Comfortable? We are in a trans train swooping down on planet Vivian at a thousand meters per tyron. That's their word for one second. Listen to our spacecraft captain. Hello, voyagers. This is your captain. In a few hundred tyrans, we shall touch down on the planet Vivian, named in honor of the scientist who discovered energy, or XZF, which has made the planet a treasure trove and has been mined continuously since Vivian year one. You will notice the tall blue flame directly below our trans train. That flame is in honor of the year Vivian 50, which we are celebrating. By Earth reckoning, A.D. 2500. A word of warning to those passengers who boarded us on planet Osiris. Those red flashes you're getting right now on your picture, sensors. You are visualizing our mining operations. Always conducted during the planet's dark period. Earth people call it night. Similarly, they say day when we say our light period. The extreme heat of the light period makes mining impossible, so get used to the red spot. They'll always be with you. A happy welcome to Planet Vivian. Can you hear me? Oh, hi, Ruthie. Uh, did you hear the big trans train land just now? Uh, excuse me, I just want to finish this hole I'm drilling. Joseph Harkness, will you shut that thing off? 
Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, these plates have to be accurately placed within a hundredth of a centimeter. Every night? Every single night? Mm-hmm. And my day's off. Oh, Ruth, when I get this all together, it'll make us a fortune. That, that must have been the flagship that came down. <laughs> if anybody asked me, I'd say this planet holds about as many people as it can. But they keep on coming. Well, doesn't that bother you? Well, no. Why, why should it? All those young people... I bet there isn't one more than a hundred years old. Well, they come because there's big money in mining. Mining for XCX. That's the real heavy mm-hmm. stuff. Gets you big bank credits. Then why is it we never have enough credits? Maybe we live too well. Look at me. Running a power shovel at one of the mines, just like one of my ancestors did back in 1990. But with what a difference. Uh-huh. My power shovel orbits the surface. It's activated by transponder pulses. Uh, Joseph, I don't it's care a... about all those things. I do that every day at research and development. Uh, Ruth, well, where, where are you going? For a walk. But why? This is my day off. Well, if... What else is there for me to do? Our bank credits have dropped from ten figures to three. I'm making more than you are. You're taking time off to fool around with this monstrous toy. You don't act as if we're two people anymore. And the mess you leave everywhere. I'm sick of picking up after you. Sometimes I feel like canceling out on our contract. Canceling our marriage contract? It's not called that and hasn't been for centuries. No, I'm serious. I just may leave you. Well, you're not even going to wait till it comes up for renewal? What for? To see you disgraced? <laughs> I'd never live it down. Well, why should I be disgraced? You know the laws of planet Vivian. Any Vivanian who falls below his work quota is placed on the next trans train for Earth. My boss, Povar, he understands. He's not going to turn me in. He knows I'm working on something special. Oh, well, they'd better not ask for my opinion. Well, you'd let that happen to me? It takes 50 light years to get to Earth. Who cares, Joe? I'm going to cancel. You're slowing up. That's why our bank credits are down. Ruth. Ruthie, we're not that badly off. You want to see for yourself? I'll show you. Now, look at that screen. (gasps) Aren't you ashamed? (gasps) They have no right screening our bank balance. When this society, everybody knows everybody else's business. You'll see. When the government lays out a million bank credits for what I've created, you are going <laughs> to sing a different tune. Oh, this ten-foot-high metal mountain of garbage. Well, to you, maybe, because you're not interested enough to find out. You just leave me alone, Ruthie. I am seeing this through. Ruth? Ruth? Well, Bobby walked right out on me. Look. Yes, who is it? It's me, Sam. Don't you recognize my face, Joe? Um, the phone screen's gone on the blank again. What's the matter, old buddy? You don't sound like my old partner on a power shovel. Oh, I had an argument with Ruth, that's all. Hey, uh, listen, I-, I got something to show you, Sam. Come on over. I'm on my way, old buddy. Well, Sam, what do you think of it? Terrific, Joe. You told me you had an idea for new weaponry. I, I thought it was a ray gun, something like that. But this... But it's gigantic. How did you know how to build it? Well, um, first, I made this miniature. It's uh, like a toy. This this little metal horseshoe crab? Uh-huh, uh-huh. It has everything the ten-foot-high model has but size. And I took this out into the hills and let it loose. Sam, it obeys my voice command. 
I said, bring me a snake. It brought me a cobra, dead. I said, go get me a vulture. It shot right up in the air, this little baby, and brought one down and two tyrons flat. And from the little model, you build this monster. It, it must weigh ten tons. Fifty tons. Pure titanium sheathing. Completely zeta-powered. It can hunt, it can track, it can kill, not only on the surface of this planet, but on any other planet. It's terrific. You think the government will buy it? Well, wouldn't they be stupid if they didn't? Sure looks like a big crab. Yeah, that's what I'm calling it. Joe's Killer Crab. I'd like to see it in action. Well, that's the next thing I have to arrange. I, I thought I'd talk to Povar. He's got connections. I, I want a military test. Well, are you ready for it? Any day now. Are you sure? I mean, the All-Power Council doesn't accept failures. Well, I know that. Our planet Vivian is dedicated to success. If you fail, you're out. Well, that's what worries me. Where am I going to find another partner on a power shovel like you? <laughs> Listen, maybe I can promote something. My uncle Obadiah is in the weaponry procurement office. Oh, yeah? Now, as soon as you're ready, I'll talk to him, and he'll have a look at this. I promise you. It always helps to know someone on the inside. Joseph Harkness. I'm happy to see you. And you're Sam's Uncle Obadiah. Yes. I'm glad to be here. Hey. They've really given you a great office. Well, I don't know if Sam told you, but I'm not very high on the command mainframe. Still, who knows? If you've got something good, could help the both of us. I'm glad you could take the time, Obadiah. Now, I've read your report on this KC machine, and if it can perform as you indicate... I think you do have something. Well, I figured there is a need. I agree with you. Our defense fleet is pitiful. But if my KCs could be mass-produced and, and you sent one out against each blip on the warning screen, well, the enemy wouldn't know what hit him. Let me ask you, Joe. Hmm? How did a man who operates one of our Zeta-powered mining shovels come up with this weapon? Well, <laughs> it's simple. The, the principle of my war machine is dredge, leverage, fulcrum, and centroidal force. Mechanical elements in use every single day right on this planet. One only has to think these elements through and, and, and let them interact, you know, combine them. Properly combine, that's the answer. I see you've done your research. Now, when can we see a working model, a prototype? I've got one. Ten feet high, 25 in diameter. I, I got it in my hangar. Uh, but, but I want to run some tests. Now, as soon as I do, I'll present it. Please do. Now, by the by, there's an ancient Celtic tribe. On Earth, they were known as Irish. Uh-huh. Is it an Irish name that you've used for your search-and-destroy machine? Casey? Uh, oh, no, no. It's it's not K-C-C-A-S-E-Y. It's the letters K and C. Ah, what do they stand for? Killer Crab. K-C. Uh-huh. Yeah, the original model resembled a horseshoe crab. I see, I see, mm. yes. Moves in all directions, like a crab. We'd have to. You get it to do that, and the government will reward you for life. That's what I'm hoping for. Some pretty big bank credit. Huh? More than you could spend in three lifetimes, Joseph. Instructive to me is that the financial reward seems to mean as much to 26th century man as it does to today's man. Interesting also is the push for better military to obtain a better peace. I myself would have hoped that people like Joe and Ruth would be devoting energies to a happier mankind. Let's see whether this is in the cards when I return shortly with Act Two. 
it is not stretching our imagination too far to assume that by the year 2,500, man will live longer, be housed better, travel faster, and be healthier. Nevertheless, on this planet, Vivian, there is still greed, vanity, and selfishness. Whether those are problems the Department of Research and Development is looking into, I don't know. What I do know is there's a new R&D boss who has just walked in the door. Are you Ruth? Yes, I am. I've heard a lot of fine things about you. You received the Vivian Prize for Cybernetic Improvement this year, didn't you? You're not the new R&D director. My name is Theodore T. I've just arrived from Osiris. You are the new director. We were told you were coming. They expect great things from your alpha cells. Mm. Increased perception is my field. Pleasure to meet you. Oh. How old are you, Theodore? Seventy. You don't look it. I'll accept that as a compliment. I also specialize in human longevity, so I'm my own guinea pig. When I saw you walk through the arch, I thought, who is this boy who's come to run research and development? I knew it had to be you. You'll get over my age, Ruth. People do. <laughs> Actually, my Earth age would be closer to 400 years. But my cells are those of someone between 50 and 70 years old. So I've got a long life ahead of me. How old are you, Ruth? <laughs> a woman, even living in the 26th century, does not tell her age. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, what have you been working on? I thought somatology needed looking into. So I've set up some somatizing projects. We might join forces, since it could be allied to longevity. It's all keyed into the emotional state. Come to think of it, I've got just a subject to study. A human subject? Mm, my husband. He's a walking, talking, non-adaptive male. <laughs> Theodore, I'm extremely happy you're here. I have a feeling our working together is really going to produce something. Uh, that's the purpose of research and development, isn't it? <laughs> it's possible if you and I put our heads together. We might make Vivian the brightest star on the galactic plane. And who would be in charge? Why, we would. You and I. Ruthie, I, I don't see why we have to come here. I mean, to the Bureau of Vital Statistics. All other information is piped right to us on our home screen. Probably because they don't want vital information of people's private lives on everybody's screen. Like divorce. We call it contract annulment. Yeah. Well, what are we waiting for? Where, where's the voice printer? You're sitting in front of it. It's all ready to be activated. You first. Um, what, what do you want me to say into it? First of all, that you are of sound mind and body. I, Joe Harkness, am of sound mind and body... What is this, a will I make? The same form is used to make or break all contracts. Oh, sorry about that. This is a big step, Lucy. Are you, are you sure you want this? I'm sure. When we're finished here, our cohabiting agreement is wiped from the master tape of vital statistics. It's as if we never met. Go ahead, Joe. Um, uh, uh, wait a minute. 
Now, I want back that 50% ownership of the killer crab I gave you. It's mine. You gave it to me for backing you, buying all that material. Well, I gave you half because I thought our contract would continue, that you'd renew it. You're walking away with half my invention. No, no, the divorce is off. Oh, no, you're kidding yourself if you think you've got a million bank credits there. I've had a real close look at your contraption. It'll never work. So I've got 50% of nothing. Oh, that's what you say. The military is very interested, and Casey ought to be worth a great deal. Oh, I don't believe it. I can see you've made up your mind, all right? All right, let's get this over with. Is the voice printer running? It's been running. Oh, I, Ruth Harkness, who have a life-sharing compact with Joseph Harkness and have had same for 90 years, Earth years, now dissolve our mutual association by mutual consent. Your turn, Joe. Well, I am not going to use words like agreement and association and compact and all that stuff. I, Joe Harkness, formerly married mm. to Ruth for 90-odd years. I'll say. It's all over. I'm walking out. No, no. She's walking out. The marriage is over, done, finished. Joe, please. Is that what you want? <sighs> it's done. Now I can relax and breathe. Oh. You couldn't do that before? <laughs> Not when I was married to you. Hmm. Who's the lucky fella? What do you mean? Uh, don't give me that interstellar innocence. There's got to be someone else. Who is he? I suppose he's younger, better looking, got a big future, intellectual. He's all of those things. Ah. I called it, didn't I? He happens to be the new director at Research and Development. And he also happens to be extremely neat. All scientists are. Mm, he sounds like a twit. Well, would you like to see him? Look up at the screen. I'll tap in on the R&D laboratory. Is that him? Mm -hmm. The tall blonde guy in the white outfit mm -hmm. pulling at his nose? <sighs> he always does that when he's solving a problem. Turn it off. Now, that's your future husband. I might have known you wouldn't appreciate him. I don't have to. Well, now, division of property. Who stays in our habitat and who goes? Oh, you can have it, Joe. And that hangar full of scrap steel. It'll take you light years to clean up the house. I'm all packed, so I'll be leaving. Mm. You're going to live with Mr. Nose Puller? We're getting married before the day gets dark. What are you going to do with your freedom? I guess I'll be sensible for once. <laughs> How are you going to do that? Sam and I will take a few days off and fish. I'll think twice before getting married again. And Ruthie, I advise you to do the same. You're driving this Astro car. How's it feel to be a bachelor, Joe? <laughs> no different. Hardly a day goes by, but Ruthie isn't on the screen asking me what I forgot, what I remembered. Did I water the fruit-bearing grasses? I say to her, why didn't you take them with you? The fruit's sour anyway. <laughs> Good for you, she says. Oh, Sam, she is such a pain. But I still love her. Hey! Watch where you're driving. I want to get to the Q mine all in one piece. Sorry, I didn't see the crater. So Ruth got uh, mated by compact. 
to that Theodore guy, did she? Mated by compact. Don't give me that planet Vivian lingo. She got married. That's what she did. I hope she's happy. No, I don't. Uh, um, uh, turn off here. Yes, and head for the first digger, the uh, big red one. We've used it before. You know, I saw a picture of one of those early manned space flights back in 1969. The Eagle. Oh, yeah. The Eagle has landed. On the Earth's moon. You know what? That eagle with its tubular legs and that one little ladder and the scoops to dig up ore samples. Look at our big red power shovel. It's the same thing, only bigger. I say to myself, in six centuries, they haven't come up with a better design. Mm. Uh, Sam, stop the astromobile. We, we can walk it from here. Maybe ten times bigger, but it looks just the same. I hope the mechanics have done a decent job of servicing. Once we start those Zia boosters, if there's a malfunction again, we're in trouble. Don't remind me. I always feel safer once we're up in space. Uh, I'm on the elevator platform. You okay? Hit the button. The sooner we get up into our seats, the sooner the shovel takes off. I'll take forward position this time, Joe. You take backup. Uh, I can't say service did a great job cleaning up. Yeah. You all set? Let's take off. Where to this time? Povar told us to spend the entire dark period at the Q mine. Uh, we dig from the forward suspension position, maintaining free flow over the area, transferring the ore from the mine surface to the drag train behind us. Like we always do. <laughs> yes, Sam. Like we always do. Okay. Ready? Power on. Power on. Thrust at 70 degrees. 70 degrees, fine. Take off for orbit at 2,000 meters over planet's surface. Take off for orbit. What happened in? Name is Sam. Explosion in the oxygen container. They're losing power. No power. Joe, this is it. We'll drift off into space like milkweed. Do something, Joe. We'll be wandering around in space, frozen corpses in orbit forever. Touch off every retro rocket on the panel. I'll make sure we haven't sprung a leak somewhere. Sam, move! I'm awfully sorry, Joe, but there's been a change in Mr. Povar's plans, and he isn't seeing anyone. But I, I spoke to him myself right after we crash-landed. Can't believe you and Sam walked away as you did. <laughs> you have no idea what it's like. Your main power is gone. All you've got is your retro rockets. Panics, Phil. I'll tell Mr. Povar that you were here. Well, if uh, he won't see me, I'm paying a visit to Mercurio. And I don't think Povar would like me going over his head. You wouldn't do that. Well, what have I got to lose? I'm quitting anyway. I can make a lot of trouble. There's no excuse for poor maintenance. Send in Joe Harkness. <laughs> you see? What did I tell you? Joe, sorry about the delay, but I didn't want to see anyone before I checked into every aspect of that near accident. You all right? Uh, no worse than falling out of bed after a bad nightmare. And Sam? No cuts or bruises. As you know, we can't afford another accident. If what happened to you and Sam is the result of poor maintenance, they've closed down the whole XZX mining operation and sent humans from Earth up here to run things. I know that. But, sir, we can't pretend it didn't happen. 
I want to know why and how. Our lives were on the line. Mm, I can tell you this. There isn't a single power digger that isn't checked and rechecked after each use. I've talked to the men responsible for Big Red, the one you were on. And what did they report? Everything checked out. Everything. Clean as a whistle. So what you're telling me is it wasn't poor maintenance. No, it wasn't. Any ideas about what could have caused the explosion, the power failure? I can do more than guess. Everything on this planet is powered by Zeta beams. The reason you lost control was the presence of another ray that neutralized the Zeta particles. What was it? Back in the 20th century, they discovered that light could be amplified by stimulated radiation. It had enormous industrial application. Everybody used this high-intensity beam. Mm, you're talking about lasers. Mm, I am. What nobody knew was that every laser beam sets up a reverse field, powerful, with no half-life to speak of. And this radiant energy was let loose into the galactic atmosphere. That's what hit us? No, not those rays. They're too diffuse. I spoke to Mercurio to report what happened. He said in research and development, they have found a way to concentrate this laser residue and store it. Someone at R&D used that ray when we were in the shovel? The new director of R&D shot two billion aquivolts into the atmosphere during the dark times. Oh, that's what did it. Povar, I'm glad we talked. Of course, it was inadvertent. Who had any idea you'd be up there? That's what I aim to find out. I promise you this. It's never going to happen again. I think we know more than Joe does. Two men and one woman. When it comes to a domestic triangle, nothing seems to have changed much with the advancing century. Unquestionably, life on the planet Vivian is quite different from life here on planet Earth. But isn't it strange how much of it is the same? I shall return shortly with Act Three. protagonist is Joe Hockness, the latest of a long line of miners specializing in ore digging. Whereas Joe's ancestors operated power shovels to dig coal, mine copper, and other minerals, today, here on planet Vivian, Joe's machine hovers over the planet's surface and removes deposits of XZX, high-energy ore. However, something went drastically wrong during Joe's last work trip. And to write it, Joe is paying a visit to someone at research and development. Mr. Harkness? Joe Harkness? That's the full name. I'm one of the few people on this planet who still has a last name. That's my heritage. Harknesses have been in the mining business for centuries. Oh, have they? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On the planet Earth. And a couple of generations right here on Vivian. So, uh, you're... Theodore. We've met before? I recognized you by your uh, nose. Uh, Ruth has talked a lot about you, Mr. Harkness. 
I am delighted to meet you. Don't be too delighted just yet. I can understand your feelings. I was told you were about to start mining operations in Big Red when you lost power. But you managed to get back out of space and onto the planet. Theodore, how did you happen to know that the name of our shovel was Big Red? I guess I heard it on the news. It wasn't on the news. The accident got quite a lot of play, but not the name of the shovel. Well, then I guess Ruth must have mentioned it to me as the one you usually use. Did she? When did she do that? I don't exactly know. You know how people will talk about their past, especially to a new husband? No, I didn't know newlyweds did that. I hope you're not angry, Joe. Angry? Because she canceled out her contract with you and started one with me. No. No, I'm not angry. What else does she say about me? She is full of praise about your work. Especially that weapon you designed and built, KC. She says you'll make a fortune in bank credits with it. Oh, she said that? Never said it to me. She even sold the department on building one. A different design, of course. Uh, We're doing it together. Yeah, I heard about it. You've got a surplus power defense vehicle and you're souping it up. You're wasting your time, Theodore. I will be the judge of that. Whose idea was it, Theodore, to bombard Sam and me up in Big Red with two billion aquavolts? Well, that you were in the target area was a mistake. Oh, it sure was. You personally conducted the experiment? No, 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 I didn't. We had an interdepartmental meeting of all chiefs, and it ran late. So I placed the experiment in your ex-wife's very capable hands. I felt her capabilities trying to maneuver to safety when the power died on us. We don't know what made you lose power. You don't? I do. And I'll tell you what else I know. Suddenly your new wife believes there's a fortune in my killer crab. She knows the military is interested, and if I'm out of her way, her 50% becomes 100%. So you tell, Ruth, I'm on to her shenanigans. If you guys want to play at murder, I'm happy to take you on. Joe, what's the next step? The best defense, Sam, is offense. He practically admitted he and Ruth were trying to get rid of you. I put the blame on Ruth. Said that she ran the experiment with those lethal anti-laser rays. Why would he say she did it? Because he's a nose puller and suddenly he gets this idea. Maybe he can convince me that Ruthie wanted me dead and 50% of my estate. I don't believe that. He wants it. Not Ruthie. She didn't know who she was playing with and probably still doesn't. I think you ought to report him, Joe. Maybe they do things that way where he comes from, but not here. No. They don't pull those tricks on Osiris either. No, Sam. I'm not going to report Theodore. You're going to do nothing? I'm going to kill him. I just haven't figured out how. I'd only be giving him back what he tried to give me. Total extinction. I still think you want to go to the top. Go to Mercurio. Well, the trouble is, he's so high on the brain list, they'll believe him and not me. All he'd have to say is he was conducting an experiment, and gee, he's sorry. He didn't know we were mining. Yeah. You can't do a thing to him, and he knows it. Maybe I can't. But Sam, my killer crab might. I'm supposed to be doing a little experimenting myself. Your Uncle Obadiah told me to. Now, if I give the killer crab an order, who will know it was me? 
Or what I ordered it to do. What kind of an order? <laughs> I give you three guesses. Joe, I'm scared. It won't attack me. Ah, there's nothing to be afraid of. Now, when I turn on the lights in the hangar, all you'll see is a ten-foot-high horseshoe crab with the tentacles of a spider crab tucked under its armored shell. Does it speak? Ah, it speaks a language of its own. It acknowledges an order, and it gives information. Will it be able to hear me? KC hears everyone. And everything. And it can analyze the intentions of the voice by its sound. But it will only move and act upon hearing my voice. Now... Let's turn the lights on. Wow. It is beautiful. Joe, what a job you've done. That's the nicest thing you could have said. Casey, did you hear what my friend Sam said about you? Yes, I heard that. You understand, Casey? Sam is our friend. No harm is to come to him. Now... I will feed you the information you will need to seek out and destroy our enemy. This enemy is a human who tried to kill us. Understand? I understand. The name of our enemy is Theodore. He is the director of the government's research and development department. Your first order is to find Theodore, make a survey of where he is, then report to my receiver here in the hangar the location of said enemy, his activity, and his intention. What does he look like? Did he say something, Joe? What did he say? He asked, what does he look like? Uh, I hold this likeness in front of your scanner. Notice. Blonde hair. Blue eyes. Two meters in height. Blonde growth of hair above mouth. Got that? Joe, is this right what you're doing? I haven't done anything yet. We're merely sending KC out to make a preliminary survey. Now, KC, you may have to remain at some distance so that you're not visible. Travel only at dark time. I shall be waiting for your Omicron signal. You know the impulse. How long does it take to get a message back from KC? Oh, not long. Uh, but to seek out and locate, that takes time. You see, KC has to find an altitude from which it can survey the R&D building. Then he sends out impulses which are altered or reflected by the configuration of Theodore. Having established that, the impulses will begin to scan his brain. And that way, we'll learn what Theodore's thinking. Now I understand how valuable KC's would be to defend us. Imagine a fleet of them going out reading the enemy's minds and immediately sending home a warning. And this scanner on the wall receives the impulses. Mm -hmm. Now, Casey is some distance away, but he can get good definition and reception. Ruth, I hope you're right, because if you are, nothing can stop us. Is that Theodore? The nose puller himself. Joe has been seeing a lot of military people. There must be something to a search-and-destroy machine. It must be worth a good deal. Now that he suspects we made the attempt on his life, we can't undo what we did. So I've tuned up that planet defense vehicle from Ordnance and augmented its power. Ruth, you go back to the basement of R&D, where I've set up a control for our vehicle. 
I'll walk over to the site where she's hidden and wait for your instructions. Take care, Theodore. I wish we'd had time to make it completely remote controlled. You know I'm doing this only for you. I know that. We can't turn back now. Casey is swinging the viewing lens following Theodore. Watch the screen, Sam. Is that the planet defense vehicle they've been talking about? Yeah. They're going to use it. <gasps> there he goes, climbing up the side. Now he's got the hatch open. Hello, Theo? Ruth here. I'm in the R&D basement. You're coming through, Ruth. Wish we had visual contact, but I can hear you fine. All set here. Are you in position at the control box? All the readings are okay. She's primed for takeoff. I'm moving my telescopic scanner now. Theo, I think I've located Joe's KC. It's on the other side of Star Hill, behind a heavy rock outcropping. Think you can guide me to it? I know I can. Good. Give me full power. This is very serious. We know that, Pofar. You, you don't have to tell us. The planet Vivian has never had a vaporization accident involving two planet defense vehicles in an unauthorized maneuver a thousand meters up. It was like two suns colliding. It was no accident. Two vehicles destroyed each other and vaporized. The worst catastrophe since the Earth's sun blew up. And you say no accident? Do you remember when Sam and I were almost killed in Big Red? You told me our power was neutralized by rays coming from research and development. I never did get anyone to admit it in so many words. I did. My ex-wife and her husband were behind it. What's that got to do with the explosion in space? That was caused by a planet defense vehicle out to get Joe. I don't understand. Joe has developed a search and destroy machine. Much more efficient. And they tried to ram it out of the sky. Space procurement knows all about it. My uncle Obadiah in weaponry acquisition. He's given Joe the go-ahead. Obadiah. That name's familiar. I've submitted blueprints and schematics to him, and he thinks he can persuade the military to build a fleet of these machines. So we've had to go do some field tests. Field tests, of course. Then it's all right. That explains everything. Vaporization, the exploding suns. Oh, I'm so relieved. Okay, guys, you can go. I'll get Obadiah on the monitor right now. You gonna build another KC? Ah, I was thinking about it. A different kind, maybe. When that PVD tank started rolling toward your KC, I didn't know what would happen. Oh, didn't KC do a great job? The way it reached out and stalled the PVD right in its tracks, put its tentacles right around it, hugged it to death, and the poor guy who was inside. Mm. The only thing I hadn't anticipated was when it took off, it created so much fission, both the machines were vaporized. If I build a KC, the second, I'll have to use a metal that resists that. I don't know if I can. 
Joe, hmm? anyone who can protect himself against Ruth can do almost anything. Are you saying that just because you see her walking this way? Joseph, Joseph, I am so proud of you. Hello, Sam. Hello, Ruth. How's everything at R&D? Oh, I got fired. Oh, that's too bad. Joe, I don't know how to say this, but my husband, Theodore, was... Uh, I'm a widow now. Oh, that's terrible. What's that look? Would you mind, Sam, uh, to let Joe and me walk together? Alone? Sam doesn't have to mind. Because you and I aren't going anywhere, Ruth. Oh, and by the way, that 50% of the killer crab that you own, it's not worth anything. But aren't you going to build another one? It worked magnificently. I'll help. No, I'm not building another killer anything. I saw it at work like we all did. And Ruth, I don't want any part of that. The next one I build won't contain a single destructive element. Instead of search and destroy, I'll make it a search and improve weapon. A machine that'll look for trouble spots, change the course of a river, improve the climate. Well, I'm just guessing. There's lots to be done. Help make Vivian a model planet. For the whole galaxy to admire. It is reassuring to learn that, come what may, extended lifespans, space exploration, new colonies, new laboratories, that man has kept old fashioned conscience. It could happen tomorrow. Wouldn't it be great if it happened today? I shall return shortly. Shakespeare himself, in writing his play The Tempest, must have visualized the planet Vivian. He describes his mythical kingdom by saying, If I should say that I saw such islanders for thirty. These are people of the island, who though they are of monstrous shape, yet note their manners are most gentle kind than of our human generation. William, perhaps that is something we can all look forward to. Our cast included Russell Horton, Anne Williams, Mando Kramer, and Robert Dryden. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is Tammy Grimes inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.